We all need to believe as followers of Christ that there is more. More of the love of God and for those that are around us. More of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. More peace that knocks out our worries. More personal joy and happiness. And more freedom every day that we live in Christ. We're here today declaring there is or there is more. Say it really loud. There is more. Now say it like you really mean it. There Thank you. Wow. God is uh, constantly desiring to reveal himself to us and to personally encourage us in our walk with him. In Genesis chapter 28, we have this notable encounter and word of encouragement to a man by the name of Jacob. We're going to pick it up at verse number 10. Jacob left Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord God above it. And said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. You'll spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Jacob is in the wilderness and he has been traveling for probably about three days, probably hot outside, And he comes to uh, at night, and he has a really nice pillow, so he would rest really well. And he takes his pillar made of stone and is out. And while he is out, all of a sudden, he has this, this, uh, moment of, a, of having a dream. And in the dream, Jacob now is encouraged by the Lord concerning his present condition and also his future. Jacob had had a rift with his brother Family life was less than good. And while his father had kind of given him some really straightforward, the future is great, evidently, in this moment of the wilderness, all by himself, not only being alone, but feeling alone, God now reveals himself to him And he says this, says, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. That's what he says to you and to me this morning. 
I am the Lord, I am the Lord God that has worked in the past. I worked through Abraham, I worked through Isaac, and I want you to know that whatever you're facing, your problem is not bigger than I am. You may be in the wilderness, you may not see the future, it may be somewhat blurry, Sometimes when I begin to preach, there's crying in the audience, and (laughs) so our ushers will, we have a nursery. But the Bible says here, he begins to speak to him, and he says, I am the Lord God. Now, the angels are going up up and down this ladder from heaven to earth, and it is an indication of the relationship of heaven and earth, that God is in heaven and that we are on earth and that he wants to know that we're not alone, that earth is not just earth, but God is there. And he's here to encourage us as he did Jacob. So Jacob, going to give you this land. Your offspring will be as the dust of the earth, and all the families of the earth are going to be blessed in you. Cool everything. Your future is secure. I am God, and I will take care of you. Jacob, you're the one. Jacob, there's more ahead. Jacob, wake up. I know you're alone. I know you're in the wilderness. I know it looks like your life is over. Your brother's after you. It's going to be okay. You're the man. And I'm going to use you in a great way. And your life is going to be productive. And you're going to fulfill the will of God. And then in verse 15, read it with me together. Everybody here? Everybody here? Verse 15. Read it aloud, please. Behold, verse 15 in the Bible Starting with behold. Okay, behold, here we go. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you. Jacob, I'm not going to leave you until your promise that is on your life comes to pass. And this reminds all of us that there are certain promises that are just originated for you and for me. There are promises. One of the Uh, girls on our staff is Taylor. The other morning I went in and said, hey, how are you doing? We start talking about the future and she said, she's 20 years old, I think. She said, I want to be a missionary and I want to uh, make a difference in Europe. And maybe you're here, you say, listen, God has said I'm going to have a baby. Or maybe the promise is every child in your family will know the Lord, or you're going to start the business, or you're going to believe God to do things that are beyond anything you can imagine in your life. I'm, I'm sure he has promises for us. And when we're in the wilderness, we kind of lose sight of the promise, and we begin to go through life and life becomes so boring 
unless you have a promise that you are in the process of seeing God fulfill the promise. His promises are all yes and amen. Every promise of God is good. And the promises of God, this book is full of God promises and we have to stand on what the promise is and not what our circumstances are or what somebody did to us or what happened in our life. We have to go back to the God of Abraham and Isaac and we have to take our stand and say, wait a minute, I'm in the wilderness, but it doesn't matter if I'm in the wilderness, I can still begin to see the promised land that is ahead and I'm going into the promised land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For some that are here, you have addictions. And probably the biggest addiction in a church is the addiction of worry and fear. And that addiction maybe is worse than even other addictions because that seems to be something that stays with us over our lifetime. And we have to take the promise that we have the promise of peace in our hearts that passes all understanding and that we are not going to live in fear. It doesn't matter what is before us. We have to remember what he said to Jacob that he is the Lord God of Abraham. And when it says that, what it is saying is not a trite line. It is the fact that I worked in Abraham's life and I worked also in Isaac's life and I'm the God who made these guys great and it wasn't because of Abraham or Isaac or what they could do. It was the fact that they had the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know that this access to heaven came through Christ. And in John chapter 1, verse 51, it says, Jesus is talking to Nathaniel. And it says, and he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Here was the dream. Heaven is up there. We're down on the earth. So in essence, the latter became Jesus when he died on the cross and rose again, that now we have access to the gate of heaven. And notice in John chapter 1, verse 5, he said to Nathanael, he said this. He said, when Jesus came, you will see heaven opened. So, over the people of God, over the church, is an open heaven. For years, I, I used to pray, God, open the heavens over our church. One day, I felt like the Lord said, stop praying for an open heaven. Jesus has come. The heavens are open. The heavens are open. And because the heavens are open, because Jesus has, has entered into the right hand of God the Father, he has provided the sacrifice for you and for me, our sins are forgiven, we are made righteous, we are his children, and now we are the people of God called the church, and now actually we have the keys of the kingdom. And when we have the keys to the kingdom, what it is saying is we have been given our rights. The police officer arrests someone, probably not familiar with this, but they always give you your rights. Well, God has given to us our rights. And Jesus said personally in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you, 
the church, you, me, the keys of the kingdom of heaven so that we have the privilege as the children of God of stopping what the enemy is trying to do. We have the authority because he has made it possible for us to defeat every evil power in the name of Jesus. Here it says the gates. The gates of hell are a stationary structure. And the church is not on the defense. We are on the attack. We, the church is to be offensive. We're not to have this attitude, oh my God, I'm... No, we are the people of God. We are the church of the Most High God. And we have been given the rights. We actually have the keys to the kingdom of heaven so that we can stand up and we can decide to stop every force that the enemy is trying to do. Hallelujah. We can tell the enemy, no, we are going to stop you. We are going to bash. We are going to bash the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So that we can lock up and we can stop what he's trying to do. And then we also can unlock and we can set free every captive from the enemy. I'm on this quest in my own personal life that every day I'm declaring I have greater freedom, I'm walking in more power, and I'm convincing myself what the Bible says that I'm not on the defense. I'm not gonna go around all the time. Whether the devil attacked me. Well, why don't you change your story and say, yesterday I attacked the enemy. Let's change our language. Let's change our language. You might say, yeah, he attacked me, but don't make the attack of what the enemy does as something so big as though we are the minority in the corner. No, you say, yesterday he threw something at me and I went after him and cut off his powers in the name of Jesus. We have the keys. We have the keys. We have the keys. Not only to our cars, we have the keys. We have the keys, say it, we have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. No, the gates of hell are defensive structures. And what we have allowed, we have allowed the devil to be, to be seen as bigger than God, bigger than Jesus, bigger than the powers of what he has given to us. And today we are standing up that we are not victims. And I'm saying to someone here today, it's time that you begin to fight. You begin to fight for what is right in your life. Fight for your kids. Fight for your job. Friday night, we had a lot of the pastors over our house. And we were hanging out, eating some good, healthy food, having a wonderful time. Just talking, laughing. Can't tell you all that happened, but it was really funny. And uh, you can see Mighty, she's going crazy there. But <clears throat> then we got to the end. We got to the end of our meeting. And then we pulled out the prayer card. And we started to pray. It's almost like our whole dining room changed in atmosphere. There was a power in that room. When we left, well, we didn't leave, but when everybody else left and we left the room, we all were stronger. We were all more victorious because something happens when the church becomes the church and we are together 
in our faith in Jesus Christ. Just as Ephesians chapter two says, God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into a temple in which God is quite at home so that Thank you. So that we are, we are bricks. You're a brick. And I'm a brick. And as bricks, the scripture says, we are being fitted together. So I have someone on this side, and I have someone on this side, someone in my back. I have... I'm a part, someone over me, because I am, I am the house of God. And the house of God is wherever God's people are coming together, we are the bricks that become this fortress of power. And the foundation is not church in the sun. The foundation is not me or you. The foundation is the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, and he is the foundation of what causes this to be together. However, if, if I'm a brick, and I just simply, I'm over there somewhere, well, I'm a brick, but I'm not being fitted into the body. And if you ever think you're gonna be strong by yourself, it's impossible because we are the house of God. We are the church together. And what makes us all become strong and mighty and powerful is when we all are together and that everyone is joined one to another so that we are supporting each other and that whatever we're facing that when we join together, remember the biggest thing that happens in community when we are together, the food is good, the fellowship is wonderful, whatever we're studying is great, but the biggest thing that happens is when we get into prayer and we begin to take our stand against whatever's attacking one of the bricks and we all then jump on them and say, in the name of Jesus, and we drive off what the enemy is trying to do. And what he does is he fits us together and he puts just the right person in your life. He brought Judith to me and then she was there and I was here. That's cool. And he brings people here, not anyone, not just anyone. He sets that in, just the per- person that you are to be related to. So we become strong, and we become mighty, and we overcome every enemy. Hallelujah. 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 Some people try to take away that brick. (laughs) Don't pull me over. (laughs) We are the church. We are a mighty church. Not only do we have access to the heavens, the gate of heaven, The angels in that story were also to tell us the angels are part of his kingdom. All through the Bible, angels are showing up. Psalm 103 verse 20 says that they are the mighty ones that God speaks and they go out and they do it. 
And there are angels here this morning. And there are angels wherever we go. Hallelujah. 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 We're not going down. We're not going giving in. We're not backing up. We're not weak. Together, we are strong. And every promise that God has given to us, like he gave to Jacob, we are going to possess the promise that he has given to us. Jacob, you're the man. You're the one. Jacob, there's more coming up. There's more that God is going to do. And I'm sure he never forgot. I don't know how he wrote that down, whether he had his iPhone with him, smartphone or not, or just made some notes or what he did. But we have the story here, and it's a story for us. And here, in the end here, he says in verse 16 and 17, then Jacob awoke from his sleep. He said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. There's none other than the house, the house of God. What he was saying was, the house of God is where God is. So now, he is dwelling in us as new covenant believers filled with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So now, wherever we are, we can say, this is awesome in this place. When you go in your house, and you're in your house, go in today and say, wow, this is awesome in this place. It may be a 900 square feet, square foot apartment, but walk in and say, this just isn't any apartment. God is in this house. Hallelujah. It may be smaller than I used to have. We praise God. And what God wants to do in all of us is he wants us to go out and be able to be a part of extending God's splendor wherever we are. Wherever we go, that we are the rep representatives of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We display the splendor of God. This week, we were having our auditors in. We have an audit every year of our church by an outside firm. And I was scheduled to meet with one of the auditors. And she came into the study, and we were sitting there. And we didn't talk about the audit. She was sharing the things that she had been through, and I was so moved by it. And got, she was crying, and, and as she was talking, I thought, wow, she needs someone greater than herself. She needs, she needs Jesus. Being somewhat shy myself, I reached across, took her hand, and I said, invite Christ into your life right now. And she prayed that Jesus prayer, and something was different in the room. It was the splendor of God in that study. So, yeah. And she's sitting over here in this service with us today, so. Jacob, you're the man. God is looking for one person that can display the splendor of God on the earth. I talked or text 
this week with someone in our church, and it brought back memories from long ago. Because in our rock house, a young man came in, and Mark Lawson was there and told him about Christ. And that person invited Christ into his life. And I have watched his life for many years. And he became that one man that God chose. He's Rep. Representative Scott Plakin. And he is a part of our church here. And I think of, they just ended their legislature up in Tallahassee. And I've watched him up in the legislature time after time take stands of what is godly. And his wife has Alzheimer's disease. And he said, you know, I don't want to come and be all by myself. I said, will you sit with me? So uh, stand up, Scott. Representative Scott Flakin. Come on, let's give him a nice thank you. Scott, you inspire me. And you may come alone, but you're not alone because we're all like with you right here. There are 7.6 billion people on the earth. And one million a year take their lives. They commit suicide in the world every 40 seconds. Aaron Hernandez, the football player we all know, NFL, who took the life of someone and then some time ago in his cell, he took a sheet and took his own life. And I think of the people all around us that their lives are being des destroyed and their life is over. And we have to display God's splendor in a greater way wherever we are so that we are able to be a part of a revival. The promise I was reminded of for this church was that God had given us a word that we would be a part of the greatest awakening in the history of the Christian faith. I write that down in my prayer book a lot. I haven't seen it yet. I see God doing a lot of things. I haven't seen what I saw before we built this church, looking down John Young on that corner one day, one night I was in prayer, and I saw the cars coming as far as you could see down John Young. And then it was clear the word was that people would come from the nations of the word, world right here because of the mighty work of the Spirit of God. I haven't seen that yet, but I believe it. And a minute ago, I was standing in the middle of worship, and worship was awesome uh, this morning. And I felt like God was saying, the latter days of this church will be greater than the former days. And that that applies to every person here in this room. That wherever you are in your walk with God, your latter days will be greater than the former days. That we will see an avalanche of the Spirit of God fall down upon us. And there will be people that while we are worshiping will get out of wheelchairs. There are children that have all kinds of learning disabilities, and they are limited physically and mentally. And we will see that we will get text. My daughter has just been healed. My son has been healed. That sicknesses will end. Cancer will disappear. Growths will be gone. Depression will be dissolved. 
hopelessness will go. And that we will have services that are so powerful that we cannot wait to get here and there will be lines to get into the building because we know that when we come together that, that God is awesome in this place. That this is not another meeting. It is not another sermon. It is not another worship experience. But when we come in and we get out of our cars on this campus, that we can say that this is not just a church. This is not just a group of people that eat together. This is not a group of people that hang out together only. But we are a people and that God is awesome in this place. That when we begin to meet together, all of heaven comes down. That whatever we have. It is broken in the name of Jesus. And miracles begin to happen. The sick are healed. The lame walk. And every spiritual bondage is broken in the name of Jesus. This is the house of God. This is not my house. This is not your house. This is not just an auditorium. We are the people who carry the presence of God. We are the people that hosts the presence of God and that when we come in here, we are meeting with God and he will surely show up and he will do far more than we can ever imagine. More, more, more. There is more. Say, I've known the Lord for several years. There's more. Well, I just came to Christ. There's more. And we are going to begin to call out miracles that are going to be, be able to sweep this place in the name of Jesus. We are going to see things happen because we have decided that we will not let the promises of God slip from us. You have promises on your life. You have stories that God has worked in your life. Do not be silent about the stories. Begin to talk about the story because God never does a miracle for one person. God never does a miracle. He doesn't set you free from your addiction so you can be free. You ought to be talking about it all the time and get other people free. In Jesus' name. Everybody in this room has a story and you need to meditate on your story. How you came to Christ. It's not a matter of meeting someone and say, come to Jesus. That happens. Most of the time, you're telling your story. And when you tell your story, you're telling the God story. You're telling them what God has done. And then that person says, oh man, I can do that too. And lay hands on them and believe that your story becomes their story. I command every stronghold come off every person in this room. I speak to defeat in the name of Jesus. I command you to get off. Get off of every person in this room. I come against the spirit of rejection in this room in the name of Jesus. You will not leave this room uh, with your rejection in your life in the name of Jesus. I declare freedom. I declare a new church in the name of Jesus. I declare that church in the sun, the latter days are greater than their early days in the name of Jesus. I declare everyone in this room is a part of community. I declare that in our small groups, God's showing up and we're eating, but we're seeing the man manifestation of the spirit in Jesus name. In Jesus' 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 name. Hit it. Hit it. God, who's singing? Come on, hit it hard. Hallelujah.
something about beginning to praise the Lord. Sometimes we do it in faith, and sometimes we do it because we feel it, and we do it. In a moment, if you have been silent today, this is our time to begin to praise God. We're simply beginning to shout to the Lord in a moment and beginning to praise the Lord. We're going to just use that old international word called hallelujah, and we're going to shake the things off. We are not leaving the way we came in. The down are getting up in the name of Jesus. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to declare it. Listen. We go to ball, football games, basketball games, and I don't know anyone that doesn't hardly put up their hands when they score. Well, Jesus has scored, okay? He has scored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm believing that as we in a moment begin to lift our voices, because the Bible says that we are to lift our voices in praise. We're to lift our voices against everything that is in our life. Now, we're not making noise here this morning. I am believing, and I want you to think of the thing that is coming against you. Don't have a general praise. Think of the thing that's trying to stop you in the name of Jesus. The enemy puts things in my mind to discourage me, and I keep thinking about them, and I have to put them out of my mind in the name of Jesus. I want you to think about the thing that is stopping you, and when you begin to praise God, put that in front of you and knock it down in the name of Jesus. One, two, three. Hallelujah. 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 and everything that intimidates us. Think for a moment, what is intimidating you? The enemy has put someone or something in front of you to stop you. 
You're intimidated because you didn't have enough education, so you're not smart enough, so you can't qualify. You made a mistake, had an affair, so he'll bring it up in your face, intimidate you so you can't do it. Stop right now and think of who and what and when and where are you being intimidated. And right now, we're going to do another shout to the Lord. Knock it down. Knock it down. Go ahead. Go ahead. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 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 name. Everyone look this way for a moment. You're here. You need to be forgiven of your sins. Jesus takes all of us that are messed up. Everybody in this room was messed up, but we came into Jesus and he cleans us up and he gives us a new life. We have a cross reminds us Christ died on the cross, he took our sins, so in fact we could be forgiven. In just a moment, don't bow your heads. Just a moment, you need to be forgiven. You qualify if you have sinned. And don't be shy to put your hand up. If you were out in the water, about to drown, you'd probably say, help me. And God is here. You don't have to run. Try to find him. He's here. And you're here. So you can do that. And we're going to pray for you. So count of three. When I ask people all over this building, you need Jesus to be forgiven your sins and put your faith in Christ. You put up your hand. One, two, three. Put them up all over the building. Yes, yes. Put them up. 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 Those that raised your hand, come and stand right here. You raised your hand, come and stand right here. Stand, come, 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 come. Come, come. Stand here. Stand here. Stand here. Stand here. Yes, yes. Come, come. Get down here. Get down here. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Who else? Who else? Who else? Come right now. Prostitutes. People who are addicted to anything and everything. You're not too bad. Jesus saves everyone. Everybody's bad before Jesus. Get down here. Get down here. Come down here right now. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Backsliders. Backsliders. You think you're never coming back to God. Don't believe the lie. You're coming back to God hot and heavy. Come right now. Backsliders. Come down here. Come down here. Backsliders. Yes, right here. Yes, yes, yes. Come, come, come. Come right now. Come right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Wow. This is great. Whoa. Look up here a minute. Don't think about how bad you've been. You already know how bad you've been. Our deal here is to think about how Jesus, how good Jesus is, then we'll turn from that. Our first thing is not how bad we are, it's how much we need to be loved and forgiven. In religion, you go out and try to do better. We don't do that. Jesus changes our hearts, and then we become better. Okay, so we're going to pray a prayer, and Pastor Dave, raise your hand. He's going to take you to the side for five minutes. We have some friends there, and we're just going to give you some material, so you're going to become a giant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, it's uh, you that are watching, another nation or down the street here, you need Christ. There's a bartender watching right now, you're a bartender, and you drink a lot. You drink your own product there, 
and uh, you're getting set free right now, bartender, bartender. Your name is Bill. Thank you. Your name is Bill, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let's say this prayer. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you, that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. You prayed that prayer, you're a new person. You're a new person. You're a new person. Go ahead. Go that way. Go that way. Come on. Keep praying.